I don't really know anything about birds. My hobby is stuffing things. You know, taxidermy. And I guess I'd just rather stuff birds because I hate the look of beasts when they're stuffed. You know, foxes and chimps. And some, some people even stuff dogs and cats, but, oh, I can't do that. I think only birds look well stuffed because, well, because they're kind of passive to begin with. It's a strange hobby. Curious. Uncommon, too. Oh, I imagine so. And it's, uh, it's not as expensive as you'd think. It's cheap, really. You know, needles, thread, sawdust. The chemicals are the only thing that, that, that cost anything. A man should have a hobby. Well, it's, it's, it's more than a hobby. A hobby's supposed to pass the time, not fill it. Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Thanks to Alfred Hitchcock for giving us the rights to use a scene from his masterpiece 1960s film, Psycho. Make sure you rewatch that movie as soon as you finish listening to this episode because it really is a great film. So obviously, we will be talking about the oddity that is human beings desperately trying to transmute our fear of death by preserving and posing the bodies of dead animals, aka taxidermy. Be warned, we do talk about some slightly graphic things in this episode, so listener discretion is advised. This is Against All Oddities. Still have the koozies, Nate? Uh, yeah. The koozies get hidden if I I pull it out, and if I've had a couple beers, I'll like, where's our koozie at? And then I'll, I'll like, as or if somebody comes over to the house and I have to show off, you know, or yard, I guess nowadays, and and then it disappears again pretty quick after I put it down or something. So to clarify, it's a beer koozie made out of a squirrel's butt. And another one is uh, a two-headed squirrel koozie where they were Frankenstein together. But just so I don't get all the gross out uh, uh, credit there, Chris is the one that gave me those squirrels because you got them at some museum of natural history that shut down. Yes. Well, sort of. They had the whole museum was for free. Whoever showed up first could have everything. And these undergrads took a truck and they got two pallets of 200 year old taxidermy everything from dolphins to like eagles how do you taxidermy a dolphin what's that man like? i don't know but i saw it i saw it was like well the one i saw was half a dolphin it was like the dolphin's tail coming out of but they they didn't dislike me like i was like an okay grad student so they wheeled in a mail cart that was like four feet by four feet feet by four feet you know like those big push mail carts and they're like this is all the stuff we didn't want you're cool i guess so you could like pick what you want <laughs> and i got so much stuff from that i and have that, i'm so, looking at one of them right now which is yeah, yeah that's, that's a some jackpot. kind of bird hawk thing yeah 
Yeah, that I was had, a taxidermy jackpot. Yeah, and that was the leftovers. They had all the they kept the good stuff. They had I got two fawns, full deer fawns out of it. I mean, oh, they didn't all shit. they didn't all make it. Like I could only bring so much death home, and then I started giving it away. Uh, the, the fawns were uh, that's pretty intense, though. You can't really find those. Yeah, it was. They were gross too. You're also not supposed to like kill fawns. Well, well this stuff is <laughs> the stuff is a. Uh, Law old, two hundred years old. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it's made it with like not, arsenic and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like taxidermy. It's sawdust and stuff. Yeah. Can we can we talk about taxidermy? Yes. Sure. Let's we talk talking. about whatever you want, Tim. This is your nope. night. It's. Is it? No. This is Tim. Well, Tim, it's smart. We need to clarify. Let's. uh, All right, just to to simplify this, to add some sort of organization in a manner that's just not complete chaos. Hold on, I need to. It's gonna be all chaos, Tim. Um, why don't we each just go down the taxidermy that we own currently, Uh... currently, and where it came from? All right. Mine's gonna be the shortest, actually. Are you sure? Oh, wait, let me think about that. I actually don't know how much taxidermy I have. Mm-hmm. And I need to reiterate, because we talked about the taxidermy a little bit on the Wall Pets episode. I don't get joy out of killing things, and I've never like killed a deer and ate it, but I want to, because I think it's a good skill to be able to know how to field dress a deer and to butcher it safely and to kill it humanely. And, you know, because I would like to have the meat, because I really like smoking meat and eating things, but I, I probably wouldn't kill more than one until that meat's gone. Other than that, that's that's about it, except for the, the the chipmunks that invaded my house and they needed to be dispatched, so I chose to do it myself. I have one wizard chipmunk that is uh, adorned to look like Gandalf, and it is on a pedestal that when you twist it, it plays It's a Small World and spins the chipmunk around. And that's my favorite. Um, that's the only taxidermy in the house, I think. I have five frozen dead chipmunks in my freezer. I that don't count. know if that... Does that count as taxidermy? I mean, yes. <laughs> as far as this conversation, yes, it does. So I have five dead chipmunks, and I have a wizard chipmunk. Tim, Tim, can you play the wizard chipmunk right now? Because yes. it's not just a wizard chipmunk, it, it also does stuff, right? And it makes noise. Yeah, yeah, it spins and it plays It's a Small World. Hold on, let me crank him up. I like how you were talking about him when he was right next to you. <laughs> yeah, he sits on the mantle. Evelyn likes to pet him, but it weirds uh, Alicia out, so we don't let her. Alright, here we go. Hold on. Can you guys hear it? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you can you take a quick video clip of that so we can put it on the website, the website yes. or like a gif of it spinning around or something? Just a video would be fine. And then yeah, that's easy enough. That's my one. Uh, that's my taxidermy. Well, I don't, I'll go next because I don't have that many. I after well, when I was that story I told about the undergrads who got the pallet of taxidermy and they they brought it into my studio. I called Meredith and I immediately asked her how much death I was allowed to bring home because we live in, you know, a small apartment in Boston. So, um, and I don't think she wanted much, but I asked her if she was cool with birds and she said, yes, I got all the birds, um, which are kind of rare in the taxidermy 
days, you know. Uh, so I have lots of like. I think the birds. skill it would take to taxidermy a bird. Oh, these are is... not big birds. I mean, like I gave Nate like a falcon thing, or I yeah. think it's a hawk. The they make more sense to me because they're they're big. But the birds I have, I have an oriole. You know, I have like a bunch of little tiny birds that are perched on sticks. Um, I would say I've got about four or five. And then I have the taxidermy chipmunk that you made me that is enacting me playing the cello in a tree, but it's dressed as, it's kind of like a forest chipmunk. Like it's like a Robin Hood chipmunk maybe. I tried to, no, I bought camo cloth. And I cut uh, and sewed clothes onto him because you were wearing camo in your performance that you did. Yes. Okay. So it's uh, <laughs> kind of a tunic. It kind of looks like a tunic. It's really, I don't know if you've ever made small clothes. I've never made and as somebody clothes. that doesn't know how to sew, <laughs> I'm, it was the first. That was the first. If you stare at it, you're not necessarily. You're not in a, you're not necessarily thinking real tree <laughs> kind of comes across like Robin Hood tunic. Uh, so real tree had cloth available, but it was too expensive. <laughs> it was too expensive for that one chipmunk. So I paid ninety nine cents for the ninety nine cent like cloth swatch they had at Walmart, which was enough to make your chipmunk jumper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have that. I might have more. I gave, I've given most of it away. I mean, when I you first had got, a mouse head on a plaque that it was fell damaged. Apart. I still do. I think it's somewhere hanging. Which to clarify is like a plaque that some people mount deer on, but it's a little itty bitty and it has a smiling mouse head on it. I had uh, one of my favorites. I had a couple good ones. I mean, like I said, from that from that thing, I got mostly birds, but I also got a skunk, which I was pretty into. But I gave that to my friend Gregory because he he says his spirit animal is the skunk, and I feel like no one actually says that, so he deserved it. Yeah, that's a um, good spirit animal. And uh, I gave this really badass fox to Ryan. I mean, it it was kind of like um, bad, like it wasn't. A, I would say it's not an accurate taxidermy. It was kind of like a cartoon fox with like a fox skin stretched around it. And, nice. uh, but he got bed bugs and he had to throw it away. Oh, uh, no. In Brooklyn. He had to get rid of all of his, I don't know if all of it, but he had to get rid of most of his taxidermy when he had the bed bugs. I feel like Ryan would be one to respect uh, a piece of taxidermy too. Like he would oh, put yeah. it, he has to great use. taxidermy. Yeah, has, front and center. He's got all he has is awesome stuff. He's like a collector of good stuff. But you don't mess around with bed bugs, man. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't fault him for throwing the fox out, but I, I could see him as a good recipient of the fox. Until oh yeah, that yeah. Happened. I gave a bunch away. Nate's got a fox. Nate's got an eagle. Did you, did hawk. I give you a fox? Hawk. Give me a hawk. hawk. You gave me two squirrels, but I'll leave Nate to. That's or his now. They're his squirrels. Man, Nate has I don't. Squirrels. I don't even know. I don't know. Like in the room I'm in right now, and I can send you a picture. Like behind the big buck hunter game is Tim's chipmunk art he gave me, which is the opening title screen of the video game Golden Axe. Golden Axe, <laughs> which is the character selection. The character selection so that the chipmunks spin around. And you can choose the chipmunk that you're going to fight with. This is just me looking. I see the uh, fox that came from the wedding because um, at uh, the, the registry, 
for my uh, me and Mary's wedding was taxidermy. So we got a lot of fox. I think that fox probably came from you, Chris, or Ryan, actually. Somebody gave me that fox. It's a little random. I, I gave you the fox, I think. And if I didn't, then I gave it to Ryan, and Ryan gave it to you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I, I, recall. I, but that's where the fox came from. Yeah, this is from what I can see. I'm assuming the mouse head is back there, too. That's where Mary can't see him behind the buck hunter machine. I see the bobcat that Mary gave me uh, as an engagement present, which is His awesome. His name's Robert, isn't it? I don't remember, but yeah, like a Bob or Roberto cat. or something. Roberto. But that was in a restaurant in Radford for years, I think. Until and she put an ad on Craigslist asking for taxidermy, and uh, Jay's friend from high school showed up with that cat. Uh, <clears throat> I see a deer that uh, uh, Eric gave me. <laughs> also lawyer the uh, antelope dad gave me the uh, giant boar's head with a german hat on it and in intermingled between my taxidermy is uh our cuckoo clocks i have like seven or eight cuckoo clocks and then there's a sword and then a um pheasant and then the hawk and then there's a nicer fox somewhere. I think it, I don't know where that fox went. <laughs> the nice fox, and then um, well, you know, at night they come alive. They move yeah, around. the koozies. I haven't seen that one fox Mary threw away. So maybe that's the better fox, and then the super ratty fox was thrown away. I think it's the better fox. Yeah, that must be. I'm looking at the better fox, and Ella put googly eyes on all of them, so they're they're a little different now. You know, it's hard to remember, but uh, I think one of our neighbor Rich's uh, at the last house, Rich's friends pulled the fox that Mary threw in the trash, like our trash bin on the street, pulled it out and took it away. So the fox still lives. You know, he might have gotten rained on a couple times, but I'm glad he's being appreciated. Uh, and then it, I don't know what else we have. There are tons of birds and snake skins and wasp nests and everything that Mary uses for art. But, uh, it's interesting, like the boar's head, the pheasant, oh, the giant bear rug that Mary's <laughs> been painting lately. That's in the guest room. We're not, where did you get that? It. Here, it's, it's funny. It's all no. Etsy. No, 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 no. Dad's bear skin went to Travis because Mary wouldn't let it in the house because it smelled bad. And then Travis was like, I can't let this go to waste. And he took it to go to tr go try to fix it. And so I have a new pair of skin rug that's in the guest room right now. <laughs> one of the one of the houses came with a lot of taxidermy. And so they were like, do you want this? They're like chucking it out. And so they're like, we know somebody that does. So they took it. And well, that's what I was going to say. If you as soon as you get like a thing of taxidermy, which is. God, we all have our different stories of how that came to be. But once you're like that person, they're like, I know who wants this dead carcass. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think they're cool. I'm not a big hunter or anything. I just think it, it's That's, just amazing. I think to a look lot at. of people are grossed out by taxidermy. Reasonably so. I get it. I get why it's gross. But also once I think you get a little bit under the ice, you break the ice and you just sort of dip your toe in. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. It's pretty interesting, and it, like the it animal the has animal, already been destroyed. It gives them life. It gives the animal continued existence and life. And now and, they become art, and it, they it should not be thrown away. Ever. I feel like it's a waste. 
you know, like you use every bit of animal, like the uh, indigenous Native Americans. But the, uh, I don't know. It's uh, also kind of gross. Uh, there's some gross. No, well, that's what I was going to say. So, like, Tim, now that we've, t- well, hey, Nate, you haven't said the last one, which is the squirrel koozies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim squirrel koozies, which are pretty awesome. So, the other thing, like, um, uh, there are coyotes all over the place here. And we, we, we lived on the south side of Richmond. But uh, our neighbor was driving to work and he saw somebody hit a coyote and killed it and hit the car. And this guy jumped out of his car and was like, uh, oh, my God, I killed somebody's dog. This is crazy. And our neighbor, Rich, was like, uh, that's not a dog. <laughs> you know, it's this dead coyote on the ground. And then um, the guy the guy's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. Go ahead, go. And so the guy left, and Rich said he could see him looking in the mirror as Rich is making eye contact with him, bending down and picking up the dead coyote <laughs> and sticking it in the truck. And then I'm at, I'm at work, and I start getting pictures of a coyote in a seating sitting position holding a Budweiser. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no. it's like... A... <clears throat> so I gotta say, you know, we were like, we're into it. Like, I've done this with deer and everything. You know, let's tan the hide. Let's figure it out. Mary was all about it. Like, yeah, let's do it. And so we hung up the poor coyote on the deck that was mostly built and skinned it. And I stopped. Mary kept going. I stopped when he got to the face because it was like a dog. And yeah. it made me sad. And it looked like my old dog, Andy Dog, kind of. And it was too squishy, cute little coyote face. And so I couldn't do it. And the Mary Cud, she, you know, she is tough. But the, um, you know, later Dodge came out and he had his ears down and his head down and was sniffing around like something bad happened. <laughs> like our dog. A crash against my people. <laughs> yes, something is not right. <laughs> you didn't want to be part of it. It's like, you find out, like, oh, look, my parents are cannibals and they <laughs> eat children. <laughs> yeah. So. And then, what are the squirrel koozies? Tim, they came t- from your bucket. So Chris's bucket of taxidermy that he got for free, two of them were squirrels, and they were mounted on the driftwood. And, that, and when I say squirrel, they're not like the American gray squirrel. These are like... They looked like they're beavers, big. almost. They're, they're un- ungodly large squirrels. They were huge. They're huge. And one of them was black. And they were just sitting back there. And I was like, well, Christmas <laughs> is coming up. <laughs> and they weren't being properly displayed. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. They still the aren't. <laughs> they still aren't. But I took them out. And thought I'd Christmas present them up somehow. And so I cut into them. I cut both of them in half. And then uh, I think one butt just fell apart. Like this stuff was from, I don't... Literally the 19th like, century. The 19th century. They were filled with sawdust yes. and weird bits of cloth. And their skin wasn't even skin it was just like just barely carbon and so what i did is i took two of them and i took their heads and their arms and i tried to put their arms around each other like they were like hanging on to each other like they were buddies 
had to mute a pretty righteous burp just now. Even Um, though it's muted, I could still hear it, like, (laughs) the vibration. (laughs) No, just, like, conceptually. Like, like the the duration of the pause. (laughs) It was enough that Alicia was like, whoa, and looked over. I was like, it's muted. Don't worry. But I guess Crystal got a cold chill. (laughs) Um, So, no, I took the two squirrels, and I sewed the top halves of them together into a beer koozie. So the beer koozie's on the inside, and so you have this two-headed squirrel beer koozie. But I didn't want the leftovers to go to waste. And so one of them was just the ass of a squirrel, and it fit just right, so I shoved another koozie inside of it, and it fit. Voila. One took me, like, two hours. The other took me 20 seconds. And then there's two koozies, and so those were gifts to Nate. You texted me and said, I'm either, you either got a great Christmas present or I'm going to hell for this. Uh, I, I, it's been one up by the chipmunks because the chipmunks, (laughs) I feel horrible about it to people that listen. I feel bad. I killed the chipmunks. I killed a lot of chipmunks, but I was in my living room taxidermying them. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Like we've been talking about taxidermy, but like Nate and I haven't ever, well, Nate, Nate and Mary did do the coyote, but you weren't putting Ugh. it in forms or anything. All right, let me walk you through the process. Yeah, of to walk, walk us experience. through the process. I have done taxidermy three times. Once was the squirrels. They were pre-taxidermied squirrels that I chopped up and repurposed into beer koozies. That doesn't count. The, 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 so that doesn't count. The second one, this is actually a good story that leads into taxidermy, so this might actually take me a minute. Alicia <laughs> and I were living at the Weaver house, we're in bed, and the way the loft is laid out, it's this really long, skinny loft. It's maybe 15 feet wide with low ceilings, but two ceiling fans, and it's like 30 feet long. And so the bed's at the far end, and I wake up, and it's not, it's pretty early in the night. It's like, I don't know, 10 30 or 11, right? And then there's this like, like, what? What is that? <laughs> and then there's a fing bat in the loft at the far end of the loft flapping at like the little bit of light that's up there and so <laughs> i do the noise again but i think your first one was better <laughs> yeah there you go so you think <laughs> yeah, you know what a bat yeah. sounds like <laughs> until it's in your house and you're a little sleepy and it's going <laughs> but all right no wait hold on let me make the actual bat noise once we what it was like that <laughs> Like, no joke. And then you mix that with the with the wings going... Because they're, like, flapping around and hitting a ceiling fan and the ceiling at the same time. It's going, dunk, dunk, dunk. And, yeah, I'm good. And so... Wait, I'll put them... I'll, 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 re, I'll remake it for our listening audience. I want to do each of those sounds and I'll put them together at the same time. So give okay. me... Give me bat wings. All right, give me, give me bat talking. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and give me bat hitting in your bedroom. <laughs> All right, good. I'm going to put this <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I, I mean, I knew it was a bat. I saw that it was clearly a bat. You could see it's like a silhouette with a little bit. Our nightlight on the ground was actually like we had no children at this time it it was just casting bat shadows on the ceiling i was like oh that's a bat 
so very calmly and very rationally, I screamed as loud as I could, RUN! Fucking RUN! And Alicia, listen to me. I was probably in the wrong. She hoofed it. And then uh, it was like swooping down at her hair, and it was like a horror movie. She was flying, her arms were flying up, and she ran down the stairs and just, she made it out, but the bats were in her hair. And uh, and so I was, she was out, and I was like, oh, it's my turn. <laughs> and now so it's extra running. It's got running. a pace for like, hair. Okay, so I was afraid to do it because I saw what she did didn't work. The bats got her. She, I mean, she did clearly. <laughs> but I, so I slowly melted out of the bed onto the ground and started kicking my feet scooting on the ground, <laughs> the ground cuz it's probably 6 foot ceilings like it was low ceiling and the sides of the walls were angled down so i scooted down till i got to the stairs and sort of exorcisted down them like <laughs> and we hoofed it we got to the basement shut all the doors uh, and locked ourselves in the basement no, we we ran out the side yard first, and so we were outside. What time of? And I was, was wearing it? like boxer shorts and a t-shirt, and uh, Alicia was wearing only a t-shirt. And so, miraculously, our neighbors that we're really good friends with pull up at the same time. Unbeknownst to us, they were actually fighting, and their fight stopped based on our panic. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Matt may have been inebriated we, like we found out all this stuff after the fact and he listened so matt thank you for pulling up and being honest after the fact but they helped save the day because what happened is uh our neighbors matt and lauren we explained to them there are these monster bats there are at least two of them they're in our house we don't know what to do uh matt was like well let's go with whatever i actually called 911 <laughs> on the bats. I called the cops. I feel like and this, like, triggered something inside your psyche that, like... It was a problem. This was a problem. And I didn't know how to handle it. It was clearly a problem. And so I called 911, and the operator was like, what's your emergency? And I was like, I don't know if this fits your definition of emergency. There's but there, there's some bats at my house, and they're chasing us around, and I ran outside. And they're like, do you need a, an ambulance? It's like, no, I don't even want, I don't know the non-emergency line to call them, or I would have called animal control, and they, they were like, well, animal control isn't available because it's way too late for them, essentially. And they're like, do you want us to send an officer? I was like, no, don't send an officer. I don't know. Because <laughs> you know he would just they would give you so much crap. Or they'd go in and like arrest the bats in their little tiny bat cuffs or whatever. So, but the lady looked it up and she was very nice. And she said, what you need to do is turn on an outside light and turn off all your lights in the house. And I was like, you want me to go back inside with them? <laughs> and she was like, I can't tell you that it's right to go back in, but if you're worried about it, you need to find a place to stay and then stay there until tomorrow when animal control can show up. It was like, fine. So me and my my neighbor Matt went into the our basement, which had been isolated from the bats, and we found a laundry basket as a shield in my head that could like catch them, like mousetrap. And the uh, he got a tennis racket, I got like a badminton racket, and I don't he might have had a shield of some kind, I don't remember, like the recycling bin lid or something. But we had the light on, 
and the door opened, and one of them actually flew out. And I was like, I think there were two. I swear, I think there were two bats. And so we went in with our shield and our tennis racket swords and very carefully went in the side kitchen. And we, we were in the, 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 the kitchen. There wasn't anything. Our kitchen was itty-bitty tiny, and that went into a tiny little dining room. And as we started approaching the dining room, and this is the only time in my life that time slowed down. And I remember everything perfect detail because if I'm standing in the kitchen looking through to the dining room and to the right, there's a doorway. And that door is what leads to the room that goes up to our loft. There's with maybe an, a 10 inch wingspan and slow-mo at eye level. This, <laughs> the lights are on because I was too afraid to go all the way that far. This bat turns the corner facing us and just starts sw gliding. It wasn't even flapping its wings. <laughs> it was going off the momentum of coming down the loft and it just glided in and came at us. <laughs> Later, Matt said he turned around and was like, Tim, run or something like that. <laughs> And I was already in his house looking through the, <laughs> the <blinds laughs> at my house because <laughs> I ran. I saw its beady little eyes sweeping towards us, and I just went to his house. So this is where I live now. This is all right. And so we finally worked up the nerve. We went in the house. We looked everywhere. There was no bat. We couldn't find it. It was gone. So the, the bat was gone. That ends the drama for that night. Alicia and I slept in the basement. We cleared the house entirely the next day. Fast forward like six months. And I open the, the drawer under the sink. There was a dead bat in it. <laughs> and what had apparently happened is the, in our haste to get out, I guess that, that drawer was open or the, the cabinet was open and it somehow ended up in the cabinet and it was trying to climb or perch onto the disjoint rack and it pinned its neck. And so its head was above the rack and then it sort of was pinned and it died. But this thing was mummified. It was in perfect condition. And so to respect the bat and the due battle that it apparently lost that I was unaware of. And it had actually won, but it's unfortunate. I was going to say, I feel like the he bat never won. knew it won the battle against the four humans. I went to Michael's and I bought dollhouse accessories and I put a hot glued the bat into a tiny little rocking chair next to a stack of books with the beer on top of it. And then I glued a little top hat onto it and then glued a, a little cane onto him. And then I shoved them in some epoxy that was square shaped. Mm -hmm. uh, it was in a, a vase. It was in a square flower vase. But I sh filled it with epoxy, shoved the bat in, let it dry, broke the vase off of it. But there were magnets on it, and my intent was to give it to Nate as a refrigerator magnet. Yeah. So what I didn't you realize. You put magnets on it. It weighed way too much to it be would in a. It slowly slid down <laughs> the fridge when you put it on. Put it on. It was kind of fun. That was my. That was my. My bad. The two things I should have done better for that level of taxidermy is put stronger magnets on that would have held it because I didn't realize it weighed like three pounds. It was like a couple pounds of epoxy. Yeah. And it, the magnets I put in won't hold the weight. And the other thing is I would have put the bad end upside down because I didn't realize there were bubbles that form and yeah. rise to the top and dry. So if you put it upside That's down, okay. and it's, there, there's still bubbles. Uh, I'll try to tell this one fast because I've already told it on the Wall Pets episode. 
we had chipmunks destroying our retaining walls. It was an infestation. Fast forward one month later, there's like 30 dead ones. I kept 10 of them frozen. <laughs> and five of them, one I taxidermied into the wizard that I love, and the other I taxidermied into Chris doing his performance art. And three of them I taxidermied for Nate on the skeleton hand as the Golden Axe opening screen. And uh -huh. the, first, the first one I taxidermied was the wizard, which is why maybe I'm attached to it. And it was really hard. It took me two hours. I didn't have the stomach for it. And I had a, a scalpel um, uh, from the hospital. And yes, you do. Just, I'll, get, I'll get graphic about it. The way it, it was clean. It was much cleaner than I thought, but it doesn't make it easy. But I made an incision along its back, like its spine. And then you take your finger or you could use like a chopstick or something that's not sharp. And you sort of separate the pelt from the, the meat. Yeah. And you just do that slowly and carefully. And it's almost like the pelt is like a onesie pajama <laughs> that's been glued onto your skin. And if you no. just separate the glue, the onesie just comes off. <laughs> and the gut There's no puncturing. There's no anything. It is completely clean. The problem is it's still gross. You're still doing this to an animal. And it, it takes some it takes some getting used to, like stomaching it and coming to terms with what you're doing. And then came the hard part. And I'll this is the gross part. It might gross some people out. Yes. You you deglove the whole animal essentially. So the, the body is mm -hmm. now furless on the outside, but it is stuck on five points. The four legs and the face. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get. I won't get into gory details, but you have to get a little more snippy with those two. <laughs> and so that was chipmunk number one. Took me like two and a half hours to do that. Chris's chipmunk took me maybe an hour to do it. In the three of Nate's was a. I felt like a psycho. Because I was in the, the garage, I got all three of them knocked out in an hour, and all three of them were stuffed, and they were drying at the same time. And, when they were, and I didn't stuff them right; their bodies were warped, and I needed to make a dwarf, so I squished them down fat and lumpy. And it was like a really long-bodied chipmunk, so it was it was bizarre. And the, I'll send the pictures, and I don't know. Chris can decide if you want to post them. It looks like yep, a, a psycho's pictures. kill room, but they're chipmunks. Send me pictures um, again. I've also been talking for like 20 minutes about this. That's good. Because well, this is also kind got, of cathartic for me. <laughs> you, got the, you got the info. It's good. It's fine. It, but I also gave them away because I'm not like, I don't need to look at them. But I'm glad that I was able to give them to people. And you guys were raised Catholic, so it made me too guilty to throw them away. Um, they live on. Then I remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds and the sky. And paranormal insurance from Dorfview.com. Calm down. Now is not the time for fear. You have paranormal insurance from Dorfview.com.
Yeah. So, I'll, I'll tell you the story of my the first time I tried taxidermy. <laughs> um, well, we did talk about the fish. That 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 was technically the first time all of us tried taxidermy, <laughs> yeah. which is the boiled that, fish. But this you have to go back goes, and listen to the commercials episode. This is a year year before that, and I was because Dad had told me, oh, you could go down and. <clears throat> To Suffolk and find shark's teeth or something, I don't know, and near the the nuclear power plant, and uh, which you can't get to today, I guess after nine um, eleven. Thanks, so Obama. <laughs> yeah, it would have been pre pre nine eleven, but the uh, in college and so, but I would take Andy Dog down there, which was my little colleague looking dog, brown thing, and uh, like. Uh, we drove down there. I saw this owl in the middle of the road, but I just kept dry, driving. We got to the beach and hung out, and I saw a big dead sturgeon, which was really weird on the beach. And then we were driving back. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get... Oh, yeah, I remember all the different dead animals I picked up now. But uh, <laughs> I picked up the dead owl and brought it back to the house, and I was talking to Dad about it. He was like, yeah, hey, just tossing up some kitty litter or something. That ought to dry it out. So I just dumped this whole dead owl body into like a cardboard box full of kitty litter for a day or two well i thought i was like you know what i don't think this is how we're gonna do it so at the time will tolls was living near, next to me so whatever i was like hey will you want to help me like taxidermy this owl up and he's like yeah let's do it and so i took an exacto knife went on the porch with an exacto knife i like cut open the god knows how many days old dead owl that was there and all these like <clears throat> gray guts fell out and stuff and it smelled oh. real bad and we're like oh, oh, oh. like gagging and uh, I have a horribly a horrible horrible gag reflex so I was like cut cut to the chase I cut off the two wings and the talons which, which by the way you cannot taxidermy a bird of prey that's against the law just so you know yeah. no matter what but at the time this was a long time ago so i think i'm in the clear so i took that it was also roadkill you didn't yeah no even roadkill you can't do it and you can't yeah. sell taxidermy there are all these rules but anyway now that i know uh i dumped that in the uh some porax it dried it out and then i had the talons somewhere around here and the wings for a while they've probably been lost but that was the first foray and then later, I can remember going to like a restaurant with Dave, and uh, some my ex-wife would have been there or something. And um, on the Poet Parkway on the toll road, I was like, "Oh my god, that's a giant dead turtle!" And it was no, like a snapping that's turtle, the stinkiest of dead things. Well, it looked pretty fresh, so it got out. I pulled over, like traffic's going by. I forced my ex-wife to hold a trash bag, which somehow I had in this Camaro <laughs> that I was driving. I was like, hold it still. <laughs> and I like, was trying to shove this giant turtle into this trash bag, and she's like, bah! turning away from it. And then it came alive all of a sudden, like... <laughs> Got back in the car and peeled out. <clears throat> yeah, so that it survived, but it had been run over. You know, it just hadn't died all the way. I guess. I feel bad. Uh, Different deer. Uh, I don't know. You name it. Like I don't know why. Why are we obsessed with? Um, 
Well, it's be- it's okay. So, I mean, I won't go into it too much, but I do have a whole conceptual theory behind it. Which well, I is- mean, now's the time, though. It's the concept of the natural body, right? It and, and it's like the whole the i the idea that like we are nature right like we are a thing that exists naturally in the world like we are organic like Egyptians well and like well like we aren't very good at existing in this world right like if you were to throw me in the woods naked (laughs) you know naked and afraid like I I would not survive I, I would most likely starve or freeze or bleed or get infections and so the natural world is kind of out of reach for us like sure we could go like camping or become survivalists but it's not a natural state for us or maybe it was at some point in our existence but that was a long time ago and so we actually exist separate from the natural world but we're completely we still identify with it and not only do we identify with it we kind of yearn for it because like we associate with it but we it's like out of reach you know so that can manifest in any number of ways like that could manifest in like feeling at home hunting or feeling at home being a park ranger or there's you know there's all sorts of ways that one uh can interact with nature but like we can never really be there and there's like a thing where you want to touch it like it's just out of reach it's hard to, it's hard to talk because i'm just watching this funny angle of nate sneezing <laughs> you're muted still uh, yeah, I'm that was sneezing and peeing at the same time. So enjoy this. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> anyway, I was, I was, I was fading. But, but the idea is that you, you want to, you want to touch the thing that you can't be, right? Like, you, it's like, I always compared it. Like, I went through a phase where I was comparing it to Botticelli paintings, where there is like the, the paintings of the Annunciation, where there's like a ray of light coming in through the window and it's like puncturing Mary. And she's like immediately, of course, being enunciated like with child, right? And so it always reminded me of a bullet coming from a tree stand and like hitting a doe, right? Like this finger from outside the picture, like poking something. <laughs> like, and that's us. We just want to poke it. We just want to stick so our our bullets the extension of us to interact with something we don't that, either we, understand or we think is beautiful. Be. Well, we it's it's like it's like a it's like a love hate identification thing. So it's something we can never be, but something that we assume that we are. Right? Like we are the natural body. Like we should be able to be comfortable in the woods, naked and afraid, and not you know and not suffer in the same way but so like we know we don't belong in nature anymore but we also know like that's where we a come from there's like a friction there of like who we think we are and who we really are and who we, we kind of want to be and it's all like encapsulated by this this like othering of the natural body like and maybe it's the taxidermy or maybe it's like mm, wood or you know it can manifest nature can manifest itself in any number of ways but it's about trying to touch something that we can't have anymore well that wouldn't uh, that just fall in with impermanence because that's how i see it is like mm-hmm. us trying to like you know d- not necessarily deal with mortality but deal with like things going away you know like you, that's like a good representational like thing sure. of it but uh, uh, i i see it as like 
preservation. We all hang on to it forever, forever. Like the well, there is, there is something where you're turning it into an object, right? So you're like literally objectifying this thing so that it can like it. And, and I think there's there's other other ways to objectify than how we normally use it in a cultural way but like the idea of like making these totems or making these power objects or these objects that that represent the more than the identity of that specific owl but like all owls and like all owls being preserved kind of makes you connect with the power of owl right and so that being said wait before i'm sorry go ahead no no you go would you guys taxidermy yourself Hell no. Like for the yes. like the human the human body exhibition that got so, so infamous. No. Well, I always wanted to be when I died. I had two different ways to go, and this is going back twenty years, right? Of this, and I keep going back to, and I people are going to come back and say, "Well, there's solar radiation and stuff," but I like the concept of being launched out of a spaceship into the mm-hmm. vacuum of space like with two middle fingers up in the air, right? Like floating mm-hmm. around for like thousands of years. And then somebody in spaceship, they'll hear something like knocking against the window and it'll be this like skeletal thing. Like Wouldn't all you be perfectly preserved? Yeah, you'd be frozen. Oxygen. You'd be frozen. No, because solar radiation, they said like Elon Musk's car is going to disintegrate because of the radiation. Oh, so it'd yeah. have to like... Yeah, but that's that car is orbiting. I, I well, just in if, space, like the the space station's getting pummeled with radiation. We have an atmosphere that stops it. Yeah, just spray, get some like, cause you know, get some really good sunblock on, and then I can be preserved. Cause I want, you know, the Enterprise to be coming in, and there's like they're looking at the bar and ten forward or whatever, and then like this thing like <laughs> smacks and smears across the window. Or something. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> The uh, the other way I, I was thinking about going is getting like a robot like skeleton, and so I'm like rotting and falling apart, but walking away like staring, like turning, looking at somebody and waving while I walk by, but like rotting apart. Oh, so like an anom- like... a, automatron. Yeah, Atom- like it's what am I no to say? real programming. It's not sentient. Automaton. Walking... Automaton. Yeah, you're just walking Forrest Gump style down the road and waving at people, but you're like slowly. <laughs> That's rotting the away only thing you're programmed to do. Yeah. Walk hey, what's up? Like, like, turn your head, smile, wave, but and then keep going. But then, uh, slowly you rot away, which isn't as funny. And then Dad's thing he talked about for a while was, was awesome. And he was like, get a bunch of antiques in ancient pottery and laptops and like a weird cell phone from the '80s, like things from different time periods. And walk out into the desert, find a cave, and set it all up around you, and wear a clown suit. And then just die there. And so a thousand years later, when archaeologists dig you up, they'll be like, what uh, is yeah, going on? Yeah, they think on? you're a time traveler. Yeah, are you a time traveler? But why? <laughs> it doesn't, nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like that, just to, to mess with fu- future uh, generations is always a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that's not really taxidermy as much as it is like... Well, you're putting on a clown. What about uh, mummification? But that is achieving a level of immortality. Yes. Because they said, like, one one definition of you don't die until the last person that ever says your name dies, and then you're forgotten forever. But if you're rediscovered as the clown with relics from various centuries surrounded by you, th- yeah, you're immortal. Uh, so taxidermy is immortality for humans. 
you remove yourself from it. But if your body is preserved, you're still being talked about, but you still have to have a name attached. I guess that's a form of immortality. Bubba Hotep? <laughs> I bet nobody you ask will have heard of that movie. <laughs> You've well, heard Chris's of that friends, movie. Chris's friends would have heard of that movie. Nobody <laughs> I work with would have heard of that. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a, I have a quick Riddler for you guys. Okay, like a real, it's, a real Riddler. A, that last it's one. more. Of, it's not an official Riddler. It's more of a pop quiz than a Riddler. Pop quiz, hot shot. Pop quiz, asshole. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. How much is Coolio worth? Oh, not enough. Not enough. Nate is correct, but I want numbers because I just looked it up. It just popped in my head, and I was like, I wonder if Coolio is doing okay. Because he was on Hot Ones not that long ago, and it was a pretty entertaining episode, but he put in a lot of effort. Coolio put in a lot of Coolio effort. $38,000. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on, man. Give him more credit than that. All right. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a quarter of a Bitcoin. 500,000. 500, uh, well, I mean, where does they get that stuff anyway? Yeah. Yes. I, I, have, I have one for you guys. Pop quiz, hot shot. Pop quiz, asshole. Balsa or basswood? That's my whittler. <laughs> <laughs> Whittler. <laughs> oh man, the Whittler. <laughs> I also um was seriously trying to come up with a legitimate answer and I was like, well balsa would actually why would you what is it's softer, but you know, you can get a little it's it doesn't you can't make anything with it like once you carve your shape it's good for nothing because it's made out of basswood no basswood i is mean balsa, awesome. basswood is yeah, actually yeah. basswood's uh, like the harder version of balsa is what you get in an art store for your like architecture like crappy maquette that you're making in undergrad well you could coat it with like an epoxy maybe heads up heads up we had an update on adjust the tips And it didn't make it to an episode because that whole epi that whole conversation got scrapped. Mm -hmm. So we need to re-update our Pepto Biznog. Just the tips. Oh yeah. I'll try to make it fast. Wait, I, before I, you do, I should we should we should uh, alert our listeners for every episode you hear. There's two that we deleted because they weren't good. So sometimes if, the sometimes the, Riddler, the audio <laughs> quality just goes goes to shit or whatever. Or the, uh, anyway, continue about the Pepto Biznog just the tips uh, update. Uh, okay, so Pepto Biznog. Uh, if you saw the wonderful uh, images that actually Matt Williams photoshopped for us of various um, companies like Arby's and Sheets and Dunkin' Donuts and one that's just blank um, making these uh, Pepto-Biznog specials. Um, and I tweeted them at all of the, these individual companies and the only the two of them responded. One of them, Sheets right away was like, "No thanks, man. <laughs> like, please, please stop." Which they had the balls to respond, so they get respect. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts didn't respond. Uh, Arby's didn't respond. Just Sheets. And then Pepto Bismol themselves. I tweeted them and tweeted them 
and then hit them like maybe four or five times. And then finally, on the fifth time, I posted it. I was like, well, I'll tell you what. I'm about to go experimenting with this. I'll let you know what it tastes like. They responded because I think they realized that maybe there's You're a safety issue. Bad. And so yeah. here's <laughs> so Pepto-Bismol finally responded was like, when any of those five symptoms strike, we want you to have stuff. <laughs> we want you to have stomach symptom relief in a safe and effective way. Pepto-Bismol is very safe when taken as directed, so be sure to follow the directions on the label. Please send us a DM with any questions. Oh, I'm glad they left it up. Send them a BM. <laughs> That's some if you're drinking bullshit. Pepto-Biznogs, you're never having another BM again, not for a week at least. It's All like that. The... Good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I retract what I was about to say. No. <laughs> it's called pumping the brakes. It's all gone now. What did y'all learn today? I like how Chris just wants to go to bed. Uh, you know what I learned today? Chris wants guys. to go to bed. It, it's, it's late for me. Yeah. It's, it's pretty late. I just came off a three night shifts. And so, like, I'm really trying to get back into the going to bed before 7 a.m. Like thing, I, I I have not slept for more than four and a half hours in the last month and a half. So the later I stay up, the uh, longer the. Well, for our listeners, day. so you know, we are currently recording this at three thirty in the morning because we are psychopaths. So it is very late. Uh, uh, I learned that I'm seriously looking at Buick solely from Matthew McConaughey commercials. <laughs> no reason on the, the stupid Carvana, because I'm going to lose my company car. So I was like, huh, I wonder what other cars are there. By the way, on Carvana, they're 99% Buicks. So that's either a good thing or a bad thing. That's the I'm just... why there's still Buicks on the street. I like or how I'm what just... Nate learned today had nothing to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> on the podcast he learned this on his own accord outside of this conversation as he googled things while we were talking i wasn't about... googling just scrolling okay. through cars they're yeah. really expensive too like are buicks that nice why would i get a buick i don't even know i mean i think it's only fair that you know our listeners are multitasking when they listen to us so we... <laughs> <laughs> we can multitask while we Sorry. make the podcast Yes. Content creators need to multitask too. Yeah, God, we're crap creating content right now. <laughs> All right, Chris, what did you learn? We'll wrap it up. Uh, something about snipping a chipmunk's face. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm glad that's... I don't. I glad I don't ever have to taxidermy uh, chipmunk because you you uh, you've you've plowed those fields. You've you've gone there for us, so we don't have to. Yeah, nobody needs that harvest. No, exactly. I All learned right. that uh, horses aren't that expensive on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, no, not after a taxidermy episode, please. <laughs>